Welcome to our podcast. I'm Rob. And I'm Reese. In a world of deception, we want to help you discover true answers. Welcome back to True Answers Podcast um, with myself, Reese, and my wonderful brother-in-law, Rob. Uh, tonight is a really special podcast because we have um, somebody who's special to us on this podcast, Brother Joe Zerpoli, Evangelist Extraordinaire. Awesome. <laughs> yes, yeah, great to be with you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah, we're, we're really glad to have you here. So this is going to be just like a two-part session. Um, we kind of came up with a funny title, the the life of a traveling preacher. Um, so <laughs> we're we're gonna pick your brain tonight, Brother Z, um, and uh, also record a second episode. So please tune in next week um, for part two of this uh, this series. Now you got to tell us a little bit how true the life of a traveling preacher is for you. What goes on in your everyday life? You know, it's pretty boring to be honest with you i mean there's a lot of miles uh, uh covered you know driving usually sometimes flying but usually driving and uh, a lot of uh if especially if i'm in texas there's a lot of dirt and so it's boring you know but uh no it's it it's it's fun there's a uh, like i said we travel a lot so there's you know you, you get tired tired of the road sometimes but it's always refreshing to come to places like this where the spirit of the lord is and and connect with the body it's great that's cool now where's your home church at uh new life austin in austin texas uh, pastor rodney shaw cool. so that's been home for well i guess 20 years now nice do your parents go to that church my parents do um there's been many daughter works out of the new life austin church and one was in huddo which is about 20 minutes northeast of Austin, and my parents helped out there for probably 10 years. My mm-hmm. dad uh, assisted pastor there, and then just recently, a couple of years ago, they felt a shift, and so they moved back to New Life Austin. So nice. they attend there. So you haven't always been an evangelist, though, right? Right. So tell <laughs> us a little bit about uh, your life pre-evangelism. Sure. Well, um, grew up in the church and. Uh, was about seven or eight years old when we came into a spirit-filled, truth-preaching church. Uh, we had always gone to a church previously, but had never been a part of uh, what we know today. And uh, so we came to the church. My parents uh, were filled with the Holy Ghost soon after my brother and I were filled with the Holy Ghost. And God began to work in our family. Uh, my family, my mom and dad were on the verge of divorce, and God brought us back together again as a family and shortly after that I, I felt that the Lord was calling me to be a minister what was, was funny we, we attended a Catholic church before and I always wanted to be a priest mm-hmm. and and so it was even then I think the Lord was dealing with me or working on me and um, and so one night at youth camp or, or children's camp I was eight years old in the dorm room I felt the Lord call me. I, I don't know that it was an audible voice, but just a uh, compelling. Uh, and um, so I always knew in the back of my mind, or at least felt like that's something that I would do. Well, growing up, I, uh, you know, as a teenager and in your early 20s, <clears throat> everybody at that age, you know, they don't know 
what they're doing. I don't know which way's up. You know, they're just mm -hmm. trying to figure it out. So much pressure from the world and other people's opinion. Wanted to do the right thing. Wanted, wanted to attend Bible college, but it never really panned out, finances or whatever. So I went to secular college, worked on that, um, got a secular job there in Austin. And uh, then when I was 30, <laughs> everything started to change, and the Lord really started dealing with my heart about now is the time. Yeah. Harvest is great. What was that, what was that point in your life like? You say it was a transition, things started to change. Can you point back to one particular thing that changed? You know, it was a series of things. I think, um, I, I don't know exactly what started the ball rolling, but it was, it was definitely a, I hit a wall and I can't do this anymore. And it was, it was almost a sudden thing. And the Lord got my attention because I loved the job that I worked at. Um, I loved the people that I worked with. The, the money that I made was great. I mean, I lived, was living in Austin, Texas, was helping out at the home church, you know. But I, I knew that it was time to transition. You know, when I hit that wall, I just felt like uh, I, I can't stay here anymore. I didn't know exactly what that meant. I felt like, okay, maybe my time in Austin is up and I need to produce, pursue something else. <clears throat> and as I felt the Lord telling me, now's the time, the harvest is great, the labors are few, will you go? I, I looking back now, I see it as uh, I kind of pulled a Jonah and, and ran mm -hmm. the, the opposite way. I put a transfer into my job to California. I had a down payment on a house. Um, I was accepted, uh, the transfer was accepted. So I was going to California, but I knew deep down that it wasn't, it wasn't what God wanted. I was just wrestling so hard because I, I didn't know ministry life. I certainly felt called to, uh, to start preaching, but I didn't know how that would work. I didn't know how I'd make a living. That was my top concern was, <laughs> well, how am I going to make money? You know, mm -hmm. <clears throat> excuse me. So he makes it clear, this is what you should do. And he doesn't say, this is how you should do it. Is that kind of? You know, yes. I, I think, it, and it was like, it was such a, it, it was such a moment where it's like, all right, I, I know I'm miserable if I stay in this mm -hmm. position. There's no way I can. And so I have to do something different, anything different. Mm -hmm. And so putting in a transfer to California and then, and then telling myself, well, I, I'll just help a small do daughter work or, mm -hmm. or a small work out there and be a blessing to the church. But I knew that that was, you know, six months into that transition, and I knew I'd still be miserable because this was not fulfilling the call. So that my number one concern, yes, um, how am I going to make money? And I felt the Lord speak to me on a Friday night. I was in my apartment alone wrestling with this, had been wrestling for months. And I felt him speak and say, if, if you can make money on your own, then you don't need me. And I would say that was a dagger, you know, that gave me, finally gave me what I needed to say, okay, Lord. And so I went in that Monday and put in my two-week notice. Really? So it was that moment that tipped the scales? It, it, it was, and the, the, the it was a weird transition. So my bosses knew that I, I was struggling. I finally had to tell my, my immediate boss, look, I'm struggling with this. I know the transfer's been put in. I know they've accepted it but I, I feel like I'm called to, to minister, and I'm struggling with it. So I was honest with her, and she, she appreciated it and um, 
was somewhat uh, prayerful about it, and, and so she understood, and so she was kind about it, but she finally was pressing me and said, look, I need to know if you're going to accept this transfer because we got to let your boss in California know if you are or you're not. Well, I put in my two weeks. My bosses in Austin knew that I was going to quit my job, mm -hmm. but everybody, all my coworkers thought I was moving to California still. <clears throat> and the guy in California, the manager there, still thought I was coming because when, as soon as I left, it was August 31st, actually. Today's the 30th. August 31st of 2015, I left. And as soon as I did, I was calling my man or the my two B manager out in California because I was supposed to be there September fifteenth, mm -hmm. and so two weeks there, and I wanted to give him a two week notice on the phone. Yeah. Well, he wouldn't answer the phone for about a week. I'd leave, leave messages every day. Finally, seven days out, he calls and says, "Man, I'm sorry. We we were just getting stuff ready. We're excited to have you. Uh, your desk is waiting." Oh man. <laughs> And this was a, Jeez. yeah, it was, it was very tough because, uh, now was the moment of truth. Uh, and, and so I said, man, I, you know, that's why I was trying to call you. I was trying to give you a two week heads up that I, God has called me to minister and I can't come in mm. silence. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and this was my second concern. Uh, number one was how am I going to make money? Number two was I'm going to let everybody down mm. because wow. I put a transfer in. And now I'm taking it back, and basically my reputation on the line, thinking, well, this guy doesn't even know what he's doing. You know, he's shady or shaky or whatever. He's, yeah. And it, he was silent, and then he said, Joe, he said, I respect that. He said, if you ever want your job, just come sit in my office. I'll give you your job back. But he said, God be with you, and good luck to you. Mm -hmm. And the weight just lifted off my wow. shoulders and I and I felt the Lord just say look just just keep coming just keep following me I've got you you know I've got every concern yeah I got it all worked out just keep just keep coming mm. so so you had the tickets to Tarshish in your hand but you did go to Nineveh yeah. before you got <laughs> swallowed by a whale thank God yes somewhere along the way God didn't uh, he, he yeah he saved me from the whale and and all of that stuff but it almost sounds like, um, going back to something that you said, Rob, about how God gives you a lot of times the general plan but doesn't always show you step by step on how that's going to happen. Um, it reminds me a lot of, uh, well, first off, Abraham. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's, a, he's you know, the, the character in the Bible where God's just like, leave your family, mm -hmm. leave everybody you know, yeah. leave your, your home state, whatever it is. And just follow me, and then I'll show you where to go. Um, but that's that's a tough tough pill to swallow, because um, I had I was just kind of reflecting while you were talking about um, my experience, because I had a, I remember the call when it happened in my life. Mm. Um, I was 13 years old. I could tell you where at in the altar at my home church I was at when it happened. Wow. Um, yes. Like it was it was one of those moments. Um, like what you said, I don't. I don't think I heard the voice of God. Um, I have at points in my life, which is those are just powerful moments. But I remember, like, um, not to take too much time to tell the story, but I remember my youth pastor was. Uh, no, we had a guest speaker actually, um, and he was talking about callings and stuff like this. This was when I was like brand new in youth group, basically, um, 
and I remember at the end of the service, he said, now, if you feel like you have a call of God on your life to preach the gospel um, as part of the fivefold ministry. So he was very specific with that. Because we're all called to preach the gospel. Right. You know, not everybody's called behind the pulpit, but you're still called to preach the gospel. Um, and I remember I did not get up. I was like, no, that's not me. Miss me with that. You know, I was like, no, thanks. <laughs> um, but next next thing that I remember, I remember having that that deep, um, I, don't, I don't really know how to explain it. Um, just impression, like this. Yes. It, it was like... It was so real to me, and it's still real to me today, where God just said, you're going to preach the gospel, you're going to be a minister. That's all he said. And then I pretty much, like, I had my eyes closed, opened my eyes, and I was at the altar. I don't even remember getting up walking to the altar, because remember, I said, no, nah, that's not me. <laughs> um, but that was, I, I believe God did that for me to prove to me, like, this is... Uh, what you're supposed to do, because I was not going to get up and go to that altar. Amen. I was not going to do it, you know. Um, but God let, you know, he assisted me. But to go back to that point is during the call, I, I mean, I had no clue what I was going to do. Mm -hmm. I never in a million years, my 13-year-old mind would have thought, you know, uh, I was going to be teaching at a church on a regular basis or doing a podcast or whatever. Like, I never would have thought that. Um, but God reveals things to us as we just follow him and trust him. And when we live in our call, like the best way that we know how, mm -hmm. God begins to reveal, okay, here's the next step. Now just do this until I give you the next one. Amen. Right? Do you yeah. feel like that's, yeah, that's been good. like your life? Absolutely. Living out that calling? Absolutely. I think uh, there's so many um there's so many aspects to faith, but that is a huge part of faith is that He's asking you to step somewhere where you don't see the path. Mm -hmm. You 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 don't know how it's going to work out. But if you did know how it was going to work out, then that would there'd be no need for God. Yeah. You know, there'd be no need for faith. And so that's. I, I think you even referenced today, while you were preaching, for our, for our service, that if we could wrap our mind around God and fully understand Him and His intents and His plans and all that stuff, He wouldn't be God then. Right. Yeah, and, and so many of us stop to the extent of our understanding. And I, that's what I was wrestling with myself. I, if I could not see how I could be a minister. No way, because my personality didn't lend itself to that. I was not forced. I was not, you know, I, I wasn't going to call uh, and ask people to have me come preach. So there was absolutely no way. Who was I? I didn't do know anybody. Do evangelists do that? Like, <laughs> I was curious about how this works. Well, do you call pastors up? No, I, I, thankfully, I haven't had to. Now, there are, there are pastors, once I get to know them, they'll say, hey, sure. give me a call. You know, if you have an opening or if you're in my area, mm -hmm. I think that's different than maybe, you know, coming to a town. Like a and, cold call. You cold call, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it has to be a very hot, very warm, hot uh, deal if I ever pick up the phone. That's, that's the Lord, but... I'm not saying that God doesn't work in different ways. Right. And there are some people who have, they have the personality where you don't even know that they're inviting themselves to come. They're just mm -hmm. so, you know what sure. I mean? Yeah. And so I think God works through different personalities. But for me, I was like a Gideon, you know, just scared and, and, mm -hmm. and you know, timid. And I, and I feel like the way that he, he fleeced the Lord, almost the Lord has got to compel us such a, such a deep impression, like you said, 
to where we absolutely know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's God. I think especially yeah. in those infant moments where he's calling us, those infancy moments, he really lets us know, though it may not be a physical sign like fleecing the Lord, but he really mm -hmm. lets us know without a doubt, yeah. I'm calling you. Yeah. Now, Rob, you had a similar experience, um, or I would just say a transformational experience earlier yeah. this year. Yeah. <laughs> so I had not, I'm, I should take that back. I think I've heard the voice of the Lord once as probably a teenager or even a little younger, and it was just, you know, a thought that wasn't mine. And I, I remember marking it on the calendar. I don't even remember what it was. But since then, like the only, only thing I've gotten was, you know, just reading the word, digging into it, and just being faithful in ministry where I was at. Amen. But this year is my first time recognizing the, vo the voice of the Lord. It started with him calling me on a specific fast that I, I already started fasting with our church. And he said, do that as I was watching a preaching video and he was talking about a fast. Wow. So I started that and it was, he carried me through that. I was sleeping only a couple hours a night and yeah. wow. I was felt strong and healthy and clear minded and getting revelation at, you know, just work, home, everything was like clear and smooth and it was pretty amazing through that, that time. Praise God. And there were people I ran into and I was just, not my normal self. I went to on a business trip to New York at the time, which isn't off isn't that common for me, but I talked to everybody on the plane that I sat next to about Jesus, which again would not have been something that I would have done prior. Well, yeah. But uh, he's so the call is something that's pretty fresh on me and it's like, okay, Praise I see God. it, but I don't know how it's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. So I'm cautious on moving forward and definitely looking for him to confirm things so I'm kind of in that uneasy state where it's like well if I knew it it wouldn't be faith sure. but I still got to make sure I'm going the right direction yeah but yeah it's it's what an, an exciting adventure yeah well wow. mm -hmm. that actually brings up an interesting point um, when you're talking about all the years prior to like really hearing the voice of God we wanted to ask you brother Z um, what what do you do when God is silent? What do you do when you go through periods of you just really want to hear the voice of God or feel his leading in the spirit or whatever, but he's just quiet? I gave you a little taste of, of God right there, huh? I <laughs> yeah. was quiet. Right. <laughs> you know that? Everybody, everybody <laughs> probably just heard the ambient sound in the background. You're like, what happened to the podcast? <laughs> you know, there are times, and, and, and you're praying, and you're fasting, and you're doing everything that you know to do, but you don't, you don't feel a direction to go. And, and my bishop, uh, Brother Bernard, always used to say, when you don't know what to do, keep doing what you know to do. Mm. And so, like, like yeah. Rob said, you know, um, we always yearn, you know, I want to hear the voice of God. Or I know they're, I'm not the only one, but God, if you send somebody to, you know, talk to me or, or, or give me a word, you know, send mm -hmm. that preacher. If that preacher yeah. comes over and prays for me, you know, <laughs> and all this stuff. You know, and, I remember thinking that as a kid. Sure. At, like, youth stuff. And when you think about it, I mean, think <clears throat> about that. It, it is 
more of an immature thing that mm -hmm. you know as a kid that's that's fine but but as you grow in the Lord you should be growing in the Lord to understand that what Rob said it all comes back to his word yeah you know he's like I, I, I gave you 66 books to, to you know <laughs> right. to hear my voice yep. and and so that's why we call it the Word of God anyways that's exactly yeah, right it's him speaking it's him speaking to us and and so we we go back to that, and 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 we go, and and that's what I do. When he's silent, or when I feel like I'm not hearing, I, I make sure that I'm more intentional about my devotions, and mm -hmm. and not trying to hurry through my devotions, but just if it's a chapter that I read or whatever, but let God stop me, let the Spirit prompt me. Every everything that's interesting, underline it, look it up, start to really dig into more, dig into His Word instead of relying on. A word from somebody else mm -hmm. now this is interesting that you're asking me this question because over the last couple of weeks in my devotions the Lord has really opened my eyes to some things that that I've allowed to go on in my life for too long mm -hmm. and and maybe this will be helpful for somebody out there but he revealed to me that everything keeps coming back to this Psalm 1 we know of the life of somebody who meditates on the law of the Lord day and night mm -hmm. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And God keeps bringing me back to being planted and having roots. And he said in John 15, without me, you can do nothing. He's talking about the branch connected to him. So without me, you can do nothing. Now, here's what's happened over the, I could say over the last couple of years in my life. I trust people in their relationship with God. I trust you, Reese. I do. I trust you, Rob. I trust your relationship with God. I trust your pastor. And I know that you have your own walk with God, and I have such confidence in your personal walks with God. But what about my own personal confidence? You see, if you're, if you're not hiding anything, if you're transparent, if you're letting the Lord use you, so we can see the best in others, but sometimes we can't see it in ourselves. And wow. But we've got to have confidence in our own walk with God. And this is where God has brought me to a place of understanding where you can latch on to words that people say. Mm -hmm. And it's almost another tactic of the enemy. He can use that to distract you. Sure. So like, because I trust you and I have confidence in you, if you give me a word that you feel from the Lord, and it could be a valid word that you feel from the Lord, well, I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And, like, I think about that. I dwell on that. And I'm looking, I start to hope in that. Mm -hmm. I put stock in that, mm -hmm. in other words. Instead, yeah. of, instead of just saying, I trust Reese, I trust his relationship with God, and how do we know if a prophet is a true prophet? Well, if their prophecy comes mm -hmm. to pass, right? And so... What we should do is say thank you so much and really receive it with humility, yeah. but shelve it and say, you know right. what, God, in your time, when you want to get to that, great. But I'm not putting my stock in that word mm -hmm. because I'm putting stock in, I'm putting confidence where it belongs in you. My faith yeah. is in you. In this relationship that I have with you, that I've been walking this walk for years, I've got to have this confidence that you're leading me. You know what I mean? I, mm -hmm. And so, but if you constantly gravitate, especially now this may be more, dif, may, more applicable to me because I'm always traveling. So there's always a new place. There's mm -hmm. always a new word. Yeah. Constant. And so, oh, wow. And so see, see, here's what happens. It's almost like you're tossed about by every wind of doctrine. 
But if you're a man of God who meditates on the law of God day and night, you have a confidence in God and you're planted. You're not tossed. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're taking, you're, again, you're trusting people in their walk with God, but you're shelving it. Mm. And you're saying, I'm trusting God I'm in your leading. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that way you don't put false hope in different things. Whether It could be true, it could not be true, but what you're doing is hanging on to words that are coming from every other source except this right here sure. in my own prayer life and walk with God. So uh, you asked <laughs> when God is silent. Sometimes I think the bottom line is we just go back to the word of God and say this, this is forever true, you know. Right. And so... Yeah. You will never contradict, contradict your word either. Yeah. And so the more I know of this, the more I can trust that if I hear something, I can immediately go to the word and say, does that match the word? Because mm -hmm. if it doesn't, toss it out. Right. If it does, okay, cool. And God, you will confirm your word. Yep. You know. Yeah, I can think of a couple instances in the Bible. Um, for one in the New Testament, uh, I'm trying to think of scripture verse, bad at it, but... Um, talks about uh, testing the spirits, right? Like, if any man or angel preach uh, any other thing other than that Jesus Christ is raised from the dead, then he's not of God. Right. Um, but then it also says if they are preaching Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead, they're of God. Um, but I think about that, and then also um, the Bereans in Acts chapter is it 17, I think, um, when Paul goes to Berea and he's teaching in the synagogues like was his custom, um, and then there was a different response to his preaching in Berea was that the, the Jews there um, basically took what he said and they applied it they, they put it side by side with the scriptures they had with mm -hmm. the Old Testament and matched it up to see whether or not what Paul was saying was correct Wow! so kind of what you're getting at there is having that mindset all the time and if you are meditating in the law day and night, or in other words, if you're meditating on the word of God day and night, when somebody speaks something or, you know, whatever, yeah. you're able to take it to the word of God yes. and say, does this match or not? It reminds me of 2 Timothy 3.16, that a workman, I think, it's that, I think that's the reference, a yeah. workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Mm -hmm. That means it takes work. You, you've got to apply it, rightly dividing the word of truth. And if there's a right way, then that must mean there's a wrong way. Yeah. But it's a workman that really, as you're, I'm not being handed the answers, mm -hmm. you know, and that's easy. Just, oh, tell me. And, 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 and I say this in my preaching, but sometimes I'm guilty of doing the same thing. I said, don't sure. take my word for it. Yeah. you got to dig in it yourself. Otherwise, God sees you're not really hungry. You just want it handed to you. Yeah. Well, God's looking at the same way when he looks at my life. Are you just going to go off of every word that somebody gives you? Or are you going to dig in my word and be a workman? It's going to require work yeah. you know, and discipline. Um, that's, that's really good. So I also, just to kind of wrap up the podcast, um, cause we're coming to our time limit, but let's talk about like some practical, practical stuff, right? So we've been talking about hearing the voice of God. We've each shared our own kind of experiences with that. Um, and you talked about getting into the word, but what are just some practical ways to be in tune with the voice of God? Cause this feels like a common question when people are just like, how do I know God is speaking to me? How do I know mm. if it's him or if it's just me thinking about it? So how do you, Brother Z, get in tune 
with the voice of God. Sure. And I, I, I don't want to be repetitive, and I certainly don't want it to sound cliche because it's not, but I, I feel like it, it almost sounds like a cop-out when I say this, but again, it's going back to his word, mm-hmm. his Bible, and opening this up and letting him speak to me through devotion. He's going to, if I'm really honest about God leading me, then he is going to speak to me, no matter where I am in the word. His yeah. word's going to speak to my context. God wants right. to give us a Rima word, a, a particular contextual word for our circumstance, our situation. Mm-hmm. And he will always do it through the power of his word. But I've got to slow down enough to listen. Right. And sometimes I don't do Sometimes I'll pray and pray, and we, we know this. We, we pray and we leave no time for God to say anything. <laughs> yeah. Or... Or we're not, we pray, but we're not in his word. Well, it's like, we don't hear anything from you, God. Well, he's saying, but open the book, because I want to talk to you. And I, I do believe he's got a, a, a rim of word for our circumstance, our situation, every time. And that's how we tune it. Because we, we start to see, okay, every, every, at every turn, no matter what I'm facing, God's got an answer. You know what I mean? And when God sees me so... Uh, so hungry for this that I'm eating this up. Mm-hmm. He knows. He can whisper to me. I'm like, oh, that's the Holy Ghost. Why? Because I know his voice so well. Yeah. I'm familiar with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have to guess, is that God? Is it? And I think we we all come to that. Like, we say, well, should I give that man, you know, $300? Or is that just me that's wanting to? Well, I think when we practice hearing that word, you know, mm-hmm. reading that word, we become familiar with how he speaks to us, and and we'll know. We'll know. Uh, it's like that compelling, like when we felt God call us. It's mm-hmm. kind of the same thing. It's like you can't get it off your mind. You can't get away from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and his voice becomes clear. I don't. It's more of an art than a science. Living for God, we know <laughs> this. It's it's not yeah. exact, but uh, it's it's definitely an art. Mm, that's good. Um, Rob, what about you? Yeah, getting in tune. With his voice, it's uh, it's fairly new to me, because all I was doing was what I knew to do. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, being faithful in the ministry that I had been in, and that I had been trained in. And when I was doing a fast, I thought I ought to do, and then that's when, boom, he spoke. So um, stick with the word you know, and mm-hmm. and just be faithful. Yeah. So consistent. glad you brought that up fasting really is that that denies our flesh Mm. when I'm feeding my flesh at every turn and comforting my flesh and and taking such great care of my flesh I'm I'm really kind of dull Mm. and not sensitive to the voice of God Mm -hmm. when I starve my flesh all of a sudden my senses become and that's a fantastic point Mm. fasting man you know that'll break down some yeah <laughs> you really don't know how attached you are to yourself and how much you really love yourself mm-hmm. your stinking self until you start denying it <laughs> that's true <laughs> yeah. that's true yeah um those are some great points getting into the word fasting um being prayerful listening i think just practice um active listening i mean we're so bad at that as humans anyways like with one another yeah. Like being active listeners, sure. um, try like active listening with God. You know, like what you were talking about, wow. Brother Z. And it actually, um, 
it, it really ministered to me when you were talking about going through your devotions and allowing God to stop you. Like just being completely okay with taking as much time as God wants to take and being willing to listen and just allow him to minister. Because I get guilty of like, okay, I got to, you know, I got to read my three chapters today and you just whatever. You get stuck in that routine and that rut. Um, and then God is sitting up there like, well, I want to talk to you. Like, why are you, you're not giving me any time. You know, and I felt God really deal with me. Um, we use a lot of church jargon. By by deal with me, I just mean like um, almost like a wrestling in my spirit, like sure. what you were talking about, this back and forth um, with the two sides. Uh, Paul explains it in the New Testament too, but um, the two sides, the spirit and the flesh, just feeling that wrestling. Um, and I remember God spoke to me, and this was one time where I heard the voice of God audibly um and i was just kind of like busting through my daily prayer and you know bible reading routine and as i was wrapping up i heard god in my ear tell me why don't you ever give me any time and i'm sitting here thinking well i'm praying i'm reading my bible what do you mean i'm not giving you any time but i wasn't listening you know and i think uh practicing the application there uh, at least for me, was during my prayer time. Now I have periods where I just sit and I don't think about anything but Him. And I just say, Lord, if you want to talk to me right now, if there's anything special you want to say to me, I'm all ears. You know, and then just sit and be okay, mm -hmm. sitting in absolute silence. That's so, great. Yeah. Th that's practical. You talked about practicality, and if I'm guilty of one thing, I'm guilty of over spiritualizing everything. And, and we can do that in our prayers, you know, so like you said, just talk nonstop, even our jargon, mm -hmm. and get absolutely nothing accomplished because we don't sit and, we're, and just be practical and say, this is a relationship here. Right. That's very practical. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's great to listen, to allow ourselves to listen to God. And thank you for speaking that because... We can't, if this is going to be a relationship, man, if anything, like, why are we talking? Mm -hmm. We're talking about the right. king of kings and the creator of the universe. I should be doing a lot less talking, actually. Yeah. yeah. But just being sincere, again, we don't have to be repetitive. He told us, don't be repetitive. Don't just say a bunch of vain, vain stuff. Right. Instead, let's just, you know, pump the brakes and mm -hmm. be sincere. And then you can say less. Less is yeah. more in that case, and you can listen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In my experience, <laughs> what God has given me is very clear and concise and short. It's like a one-word answer, and it means a lot. Yeah. yeah. That is so true. And that and that and that's yeah. a, how do you hear the voice of God? Somebody told me that once. A pastor in Texas, Jeremiah Sibley, said, "You you can tell it's the voice of God because there's no rambling. He doesn't ramble on it. <laughs> that's great. You think about yeah. it; it's so true. That's really good, yeah. Rob. What you said, he a word, a couple of words. That's it. And there's so much revelation with that. Yeah. So we could take a we could rip a page out of God's book, man. <laughs> Less is more. Yeah, that's for sure. So. Um, we're going to wrap up this uh, session. We have another session, so please um, listen again next week as we have part two of the life of a traveling preacher with Brother Joe Zerpoli. Um Thank you all so much 
uh, for your attention and keep seeking for true answers. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of True Answers. Rob and I have really enjoyed bringing this type of content to you. And we also wanted to let you know that you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any other place that you receive your podcasts from. Thank you so much. God bless you and keep seeking for true answers.